Welcome to episode five of the Basement Boys podcast. Today is Friday, April 17th. Uh, we've got Chunk back. Uh, boys, what are you guys drinking tonight? I got myself a uh, Jack Daniels honey and Coke. Classy tonight. I got myself a Moscow mule in a copper mug. Well, I've got a shot of tequila here. Oh, man. <laughs> that hurt really bad. What are you washing the oh, Water. Oh, God. All right. Oh, I'm going to have to. But, Chunk, we got you back. Uh, what the hell happened that on Monday where you couldn't record? Oh, you know, I was just doing some yard work in the backyard. But first of all, I want to thank Chuck and Thor for stepping in. You guys did a great job. I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was out trying to dig a tree stump out of our backyard, and I uh, I dug too deep, and I actually cut our internet cable. So we, we had no TV and internet for a day. Kind of embarrassing. That's why they tell you to call before you dig. Yeah, so uh, I bet Scott wasn't too happy with that. <laughs> do, they really tell you, do they really tell you to call before you dig? Yeah, there's some like hotline you're supposed to call before you start digging in your in your yard, and yeah, my uh, my dad was very upset with me. I got I got talked to. Did Did you see it when you cut it, or like? No, did I didn't know I cut out. the wire. I I knew when he came out screaming at me. I had no idea, and then he dug up the wire and saw it was broken in half. So, what, what were you digging for again? Was it, were you looking for treasure out there? Like I said, there's no treasure in our backyard, but I was taking a tree stump out. Sorry, dude, that tequila shot. I'm pretty buzzing right now, actually. What is quarantine like without internet or cable? What do you do? Um, luckily, I mean, we could still hook the TV up, which was nice. So my little brother and I actually started playing Guitar Hero 2 again. We did that all day. Nice, nice. It's a hell of a game. But anyways, uh, on to Chase. Chase, I feel like you and me, whenever we have a day where we air, we just have this built-up tension throughout the day. Today it was, well, the last couple of weeks it was, you had to watch a show so you didn't know when we were airing and then it just turned into this whole thing and then we get pissy at each other until it starts up. But then today I said, uh, hey man, can you uh, look what's up going on with that Jordan documentary? Like who's in it? I said, I'm going to turn you on to that and be like, who's in that doc again? Then you just go, it's about the 97, 98 Bulls. Don't even say anything else. And I was like, oh, shit. So what's what's going on here? We got some tension going on whenever we air. I think, uh, I don't know, you rubbed me the wrong way right away this morning, right? When I woke up, the first thing I saw was a text from you, and you're like, I want you to look up the recruiting monkeys. And I was like, I, I don't know what those are, and you're telling me to do stuff all the time. And just right away, I was like, all right, you know what? We usually have better episodes, and we're a little pissed off at each other. So I think – subconsciously the both of us just like get at each other's throats here before we get on air it's the mike and mike effect you just got to hate each other to gel but um yeah we always have this like conflict and then i feel like chunk has no idea and just pops up and just does his thing chunk does a great job for us but um anyways today april 16th the day that we're airing is national horny day so did you guys celebrate in any other way for that you could say i did that's all i'm gonna say that's, you what can say that, I did. What does that look like? Um, it's tough being quarantined, but uh, you know, woke up, got out of bed, and hopped in the shower, and the rest is history. So I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I've been honoring the holiday uh, probably the last three weeks for every every single day. Take that as you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same. In and out of the shower. <laughs> same. Uh, so. Next topic here, uh, this podcast has found their team, uh, the Rakuten Monkeys, which is a Chinese Taiwan baseball team, um, three-time defending champ, champ currently 2-0. and The other night, they actually had a walk-off homer in the 11th or 12th inning, and so it just sparked our interest. So Basement Boys Podcast is official fan of the Rakuten Monkeys um, baseball team over in China. They're 2-0, three-time champ. They had fake fans there. They're like electronic fans. Did you get Chunk? Did you see that at all? No, I did not. That'd be a that'd be an interesting thing to play in front of. I guess it's more visually pleasing for people that are watching on the TV to see like people in the stands and not just seats. But anyways, two and all, three time defending champ Chunk. What 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 strikes you the most about this uh, Rakuten Monkey baseball team? Well, just the way they win. You know, they they do it with pitching. They do it with hitting. But uh, something crazy I saw, this is, and I'm not at all being racist here, but uh, 
they have like, and the ra- rosters are massive in that league. It's like 40, 50 guys on a team on an active roster, but at least 20 of them have the last name Chang or Chin. So to me that, uh, that'd be really just confusing as a player. Like who am I talking to? Who's talking to who? Um, yeah. But, and they don't have a guy over 200 pounds. So they, which to me that, that shows that nobody hits for power. So they just got to finesse people, which is awesome. I love that. <laughs> so you're the to that team and you're trying to rat somebody out and you're, and you're yelling at them. Chang, what are you doing? You got 30 people who turn around and look at you. <laughs> <laughs> There's five teams in that baseball league. Uh, Chase, what are the names of the other teams in this league? Because Rockyton, I think that's like a Chinese, like Amazon almost. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like an e-commerce site or like a site to like sell and buy shit. Um, so the Rockyton Monkeys. And then we have the China Trust Brothers. Uh, the, the Fubon Guardians. Uh, the Unipresident 7-Eleven Lions, and the, the I'm going to butcher this, the the Y-Twin Dragons. The Y-Twin Dragons. All right, so they're 2-0. When's their next baseball game? Uh, Thursday at 7. Isn't it like the the 7-Eleven team or something they're playing? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I think so, so. If you want to be a fan with us, be a fan of the Rakuten Monkeys, uh, Chinese Taiwan's hottest baseball team. We're kind of jumping on the bad wagon. But just after seeing that walk-off there in the 12th inning the other night or whatever inning it was, just caught our eyes. And we're fans, so we'll be keeping you with updates of the Rakuten Monkeys. So hopefully you're keeping tabs on that. But into sadder news, uh, Packers great Willie Davis passed away on uh, Wednesday. At 85 years old, Willie was one of the key cogs in the Lombardi era at defensive end. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, five-time NFL champion, a five-time first-team All-Pro, and a Packers Hall of Famer. Uh, Willie also had a very good after-football life. He ran broadcasting stations in Milwaukee, did kind of that. That was kind of one of Lombardi's thing was to make – he also taught these guys, like, in the classroom, sort of say, to make sure that they had good lives after football. That's what made him such a great coach. The best, in my opinion, ever. But sad news, Willie Davis, 85 years old. We're starting to see a lot of those guys from that era starting to pass away, which is always sad. Bart Starr in the fall, and I think um, Jerry Kramer, did he pass away? No, that's the wrong one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of his name. But anyway, sad news. Uh, never got to watch him play, obviously, but anytime an old Packer great passed away, it's, it kind of hits home for us. So, anyways, we'll move on. Big news that dropped today, actually Thursday, is that Jalen Green has decided to go to the G League, who is the number one prospect in uh, this year's class, the 2020 class. He's decided to go to the G League. We've seen a couple guys opt to go overseas, a couple guys – Go to the G League. Uh, RJ Hampton last year went overseas. LaMelo Ball, we kind of touch on that in the interview with Dalton Smolik later. But uh, Chase, do you think this is kind of the future for top high school prospects? And what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it very well could be. Uh, you, man- you mentioned LaMelo. You mentioned uh, RJ Hampton last year. Um, one guy that, that comes to mind who was probably, I think, one of the first to do it was our very own Brandon Jennings. Um, went and played in China. China, I think. No. Went and played in China. Um, so he's one of the first to do it, and you're seeing it more and more now. Um, another guy who did it this year is Isaiah Todd. He actually was – he's the number two power forward um, on Sunboards um, in the top 15 for all recruits. Uh, he was committed to Michigan, um, highly recruited, obviously. Uh, Kentucky, Kansas were up there too for him. Uh, but he actually decommitted from Michigan and um, decided to go to the G League route as well. So these guys, I think their contracts are – like a minimum 500,000. And then they also have this developmental program on the side of their G league team um, for that first year that they're in the G league. So whatever that consists of, um, I think it could be really good alternative um, to college. Uh, obviously guys who go to college, you get those big sponsorship deals. Um, you get to play in the national stage of a, of a, of a big time tournament, um, get to be on national TV. You don't really get that with the G league. Um, but maybe developmental-wise, the G League and making money right away um, if you're not going to be a Zion Williamson or John Morant and get those huge sponsorship deals uh, is, a, is a good alternative for people. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I, I'm not, I wasn't sure if they made money or not because I thought they had to do one year of amateur ball, but maybe I was mistaken. But that's kind of crazy making $500,000 out of high school like that just to play some basketball before you're even in the pro setting. Uh, I was going to ask you guys what Chase kind of answered it, but would you rather be on that college big stage, big lights, potentially getting scouted and you're against better competition or would you opt out to go to the G League chunk? What, what do you think you would do if you are in that situation? Me, I think I'd take the guaranteed five hundred thousand dollars and start my career. Like Chase said, you're gonna you're gonna get uh, better coaching and you're gonna develop better. But uh, a question is like, do they pick where they play then, and they're gonna play for that team, or like, how does that work? That is a great question. Actually, I think there might be some sort of um, like bottom tier teams. Uh, it's like a like a ranking system. Maybe bottom tier teams get those players who decide to go. Um, I'm not. That's. So like, like regional things like the XFL and the AAF did or no? I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. RIP to the XFL, though, by the way. Yeah, not really. XFL. Yeah, but to answer they, your question, go ahead. No, you can go. I was just talking about the XFL. Go ahead. Oh, to answer your question, I guess I already kind of answered it. But if I were going to be like a, a top five pick, just go be one and done, um, I think I would go and try to play on those national stages in college and try to work a big Nike deal or something like that, make a ton of money branding. Um, but if I'm just going to be a, a outside the lottery guy, I think I would, I would highly consider G league. Yeah, you really brand yourself being that college level, being the national stage. Everyone's talking about you. Everyone's looking at you. Cause I mean, if Zion would have went and played in the G league, I don't think he would have got as much hype as much branding and sponsorships like he did, but he's kind of a freak of nature also. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward what happens with, college basketball and everything if we go back to players can come out of high school which that was still kind of a rarity back then when that happened a lot of players that did they're kind of given uh, they're kind of being told that it was kind of a mistake because they are not developing themselves before reaching the pros and then you reach the pros straight out of high school and it's just kind of a huge learning curve and then kind of sets off a bad tone to start off your career with but anyways we will move on and talk about the Dalton Zamolik interview as we have Dalton on here. He's going to be talking about the Lamello uh, Ball family, or not the Lamello Ball, the Ball family and some money in stock markets. So here's our interview with Dalton Zamolik. Hello, friends. Welcome to a tradition unlike any other. All right. We have Dalton Zamolik here today for our interview, our special guest, our Ball family enthusiast, and Stock market guru. Dalton, how's it going today? Good. How are you boys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Um, Everyone can hear me just fine? Yes, I can. Chase, Trump, can you guys hear him? We're live, baby. uh, Today is actually National Horny Day. How did you celebrate, Dalton? Well, I'm going to tell you, boys, I've been a horny the last few weeks here. Like, it is insane. Like, like, it's a ghost town. Am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah, you can swear. There's no fucking happening in college towns. It's just, there's no fucking happening. It's just, people so, are going celibate. Like, what are you going to do? So are you in Eau Claire or Elroy back home right now? I am in Eau Claire. I'm not in the basement with my parents, like my buddy Charlie, uh, Uncle Chuck, as you guys know him. Uh, I opted to stay in Eau Claire. I've got a few buddies here. My roommates are all here. So oh. we've been playing Fortnite, hanging out, you know, doing what we can, you know, yeah, beautiful. So uh, back to the girl thing. So what is your infatuation with girls with boyfriends over regular single girls? Uh, what are your thoughts there? Um, I don't know who's going to be listening to this podcast because I do plan on sharing it on all my social medias. Um, so I'm going to plead the fifth um, on everything. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I am single. Um, I'm, I'm looking, not looking, you know. I feel like when the right lady comes along, she'll just come along. But to what your question, uh, I respect relationships, and that's all I got to really say on that part. It's a hell of an answer. It's a hell of an answer. So uh, next week we're thinking about bringing on, or maybe in two weeks, uh, your your pal Brandon Krisnovich. What questions do you think we should have in store for that? Well, you should definitely ask him about chicks. He's kind of a pro on chicks. He knows, you know, from 18 to – 22 he's really good in that area so you ask him any questions you have with the chicks i'm just kidding 
Um, I just said 18. <laughs> 18, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as you guys, as you know, uh, Cam and Chunk, uh, Brandon, like when we were in Madison that one time, we got really messed up. So you could ask him about drinking, partying after college. He did graduate. He will be going yeah. back for another four years, you know, but. You know, maybe ask him what it's like after you graduate because he, he had a good semester, I think, even though he was out of school. So I like the analysis there. Good, good semester. <laughs> Could have been better. But, <laughs> so you're still in school, correct? Uh, what's it like with quarantine and balancing schoolwork? So I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm usually like a 2.6, 2.7 GPA guy. That's, I'm sitting at a 2.65 cumulative. I'm going to make the dean's list this semester. Um, Take that as you will. Also, if my university is listening to this, I don't cheat. Uh, you know, it's but I'm, I have four A's and a B right now, and I can't wait to be on that dean's list. Oh, it's always a great feeling seeing your name on that list of two thousand other people's <laughs> names. <laughs> but since we'll get on to sports here, ball family enthusiasts, there's been some things been going on with the ball family lately. Uh, Lamelo just bought. I'm not sure if the paperwork work went through. So. He and his manager, they said that they bought it. Um, his manager used to play in the NBA. He was like his coach at Spire, pretty much all like all of his moves. And he said there was a done deal, but then the NBL guy, because the NBL is actually owned by a majority owner, not like it is in the NBA where it's owned by you know 30 different owners. There's team owners, but then there's an owner who owns the NBL. And he kind of said, well, we'll pump the brakes on that. We have other offers too. So I think what happened was Lamella put in an offer. <laughs> And that was the only offer, so they gave. They're like, "Sure, we'll go with that one." But then other people heard he was interested, which obviously they're like, "Well, if he's interested in eighteen-year-old, there's got to be something behind it." Um, I personally think it's a great move by Lamelo. One, he can like you see like himself like today, even Jalen Green, uh, one of the top high school players in the country, one on some boards, but top ten on almost every board, is electing to go to the G League instead of college. Um, I think NCAA is shaking in their shoes about LaMelo buying the team because obviously he's got a huge following. He's pretty popular. You know, he's friends with Quavo, Lil Yachty, um, other big stars in basketball. If he can convince high school kids to come over to the seas and, you know, make a hundred thousand, you know, I think why, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. That's, that's what I think about that too. Yeah. We're going to cover the Jalen green in this podcast too. Uh, yep. This episode. But also, so Leangelo, what's his status? I haven't really seen much from him. Yeah, yeah. So Leangelo, he's obviously the middle one. As you guys know, he's kind of like the forgotten one. He's been having ankle problems. Uh, Ball and the Family on Facebook. I'll plug it real quick. Great TV show. I've seen every episode. There's like nine seasons. <laughs> I haven't, missed, haven't missed a single one ever. And uh, so he actually got signed with OKC Blue before the whole coronavirus thing kicked in. Um, they're really excited about him. They brought him on as a practice player. And then they sent out the papers to sign into a contract, two-way contract. Obviously, that cut short, got cut short, so we didn't get to see what he was capable of. But we'll definitely see him in the summer league if there's a summer league. Yeah. So uh, I've always been not a f- – I'm in the middle on the ball family. I think is a great marketer. Uh, some things are kind of over the top. I mean, he's definitely made himself and his family on a higher platform, a lot more money. Uh, Chunk, I don't think you're a fan of the ball family. Chase, I'm not sure where you stand. Uh, initially they were a little too much for me right out of the gates, especially when, uh, LeVar was on first take rambling his mouth. And once you can kind of look at it from like a, a brand perspective and a marketing perspective, they're all geniuses. And then the whole thing that went down with when Lonzo kind of took over his own, his own branding and kind of distanced himself from the family a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of coming around to the family altogether. Yeah. Lonzo had a kid, right, like the last couple of years. Um, yeah, Lonzo actually has a kid with Denise Garcia is her name. He's no longer with her. That's his baby mama, as some would call it. Uh, he's got a few rap songs about her. Um, oh, yeah, he's a rapper. He's a rapper as well under Ball Family Media. Um, I actually do believe that him, like they obviously got money stolen from him, but the big spiel where he and his dad got into a huge fight. I think that was a boost ratings on his TV show because it seems, you know, behind the cameras, people see him and his dad out and about. He's working out at the home in Chino Hills there. Um, he's not quarantining in um, New Orleans. He's back in Chino Hills. So I think that was just kind of like a big publicity stunt, one, to get the big baller brand out there, and, you know, two, just to boost the ratings of their TV show. Yeah, so 
it's smart on their part. I, I give them kudos for that. But we'll move on from ball family to kind of the stock market as the stock market definitely plummeted during the whole COVID-19 <laughs> crisis. Uh, we saw time lows in a lot of companies. It's starting to bounce back a little bit now. Uh, what's your take right now for investing in the stock market? Um, and, you know, it's investing in the stock market, I always say, when something goes on sale, you buy it. Um, obviously, my uncle Bruce, the money man, CEO, president of Firefighters Credit Union and Lacrosse. You know, he's a big money guy. So stocks are on sale. Buy, buy, buy. Um, Roth IRAs, I'm really big into that. He and my dad always talk about money, you know, things like that. So I got big into Roth IRAs. I put money into that. Um, like there's videos out there that can show you compounding interest. It's sexy as hell. You know, you'll be a millionaire by the time you're 60 if you start now. Um, but for me in college, I just like to dabble in the stock market. Right now, I'm really big into airlines. Uh, Boeing, Brandon could tell you about Boeing. He got big into Boeing. But then I also got into Spirit Airlines and Delta. I got them in there really low. They've been fluctuating the last few weeks here. Um, but overall, I'm up on them. There's a few finance, like MFA Financial. You can look them up. They're down about that 150 mark, but they're usually around an eight mark. So I look long term, you know, try to get up, you know, then see when they're going to be back to a flat line. Yeah, yeah. I, I just opened up a Roth IRA last year and Smart man. benefits of it are pretty substantial. But yeah, so that was kind of investment advice for college kids there. Uh, kind of. Yeah, open a Roth, open a Roth. It's, it's, if you don't have a Roth IRA, you should look into it and get one. Yeah, Trunk, do you have a Roth right now? Working on it. Working on it, yeah. Chase, do you have one? I uh, just dabble around in Robinhood a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Dalton, you talked about the airlines a little bit. What are your thoughts? I'm kind of a big cruise line guy right now. I think it's going to be rough for another year or so. Um, all the workers are like trapped on the ships right now. Can't, can't even work, mm -hmm. but they're there. I think they're, they're going to sink a little bit even more. Um, you talked about airlines. Do you have any thoughts on the cruise lines in the next five years or so? So kind of like airlines and cruise lines, I think some of the cruise lines, they're such big companies that Trump and the government, they just can't let them fail because they employ so many workers. I like to use Boeing as an example. Like Boeing absolutely like plummeted. They went from like 330 bucks to 94 or whatever. Like that's a crazy decrease. Um, but they're so big and they employ so many people that by letting them tank, it's just going to hurt the economy in the long run. So they're just going to keep bailing out those companies. Cruise lines, I haven't looked into as much just because I like to do things I know. And I feel like I know airline travel is better than cruise. So I'd have to look into that for like actually what's going on. Yeah. You had a, if you had a cruise ship, what would you name it? I don't know. Some with my last name on it. I love power. I love the recognition. So she's probably, not really I would, yours. I would probably just name. I would probably just name it Don Zamolik or, um, <laughs> or I would name it after that Nico guy, the brothers bouncer in lacrosse that wants to kill me. <laughs> Beta boy. Probably, probably tie something to there. Beta boy, if you're listening, shout out Gold's Gym. I know you're probably struggling, man, but. We'll get through the, or Iron Physique. We'll get through this together, bro. <laughs> just, just picturing a cruise ship, Dalton Zamola just trying to <laughs> It's got to be funny with it, like the SS Titanic 2 or something. Or I know, I know. Bigger. But yeah, I don't know what I would name it. Just buy my last name on it. Yeah, so it's your cousin's birthday right now. So we'll, we'll let you go to that pretty soon. Uh, what's what's on tap for tonight? What's What do you guys got planned? I don't know. I'm on beer about four, four and a half here. Uh we're probably gonna get a group of about 10 and just get as silly as we can get, you know, you know, knock some dust off the bottles. Yeah, it's gotta and be less than 10, right? We don't really, we don't follow the rules here. We're kind of the bad, we're kind of the bad boys of the North. <laughs> but anyways, thanks a lot, Dalton. Very insightful interview. Great to get an or perspective from a college kid still and on money, I guess, advice and the ball family. So thanks a lot, Dalton. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks you guys. Have a good one. Great interview with Dalton Zamolik. Gave us a lot of insight on money and investing for college students as we're kind of going through some tough times now. But one thing about that guy is he loves to party. I don't know about you guys. I remember he just drove – He'll so he lives in Eau Claire. We live in La Crosse. And last year he just would text us and be like, you guys do anything tonight? It's like a Thursday night, school the next day. And he'll just drive down randomly an hour and a half just to come hang out with us and go to the bar scene. So guy likes to party. Chase, you got a lot of fun stories with Dalton Zamolik. Yeah, I remember there was there was one night where he showed up randomly like that. I think he just texted Chuck, said he was coming down. 
and we pre-gamed so freaking hard. I remember when we got to the bars, it's always a big night when he came, we got to the bars and saw other people. I couldn't even open my mouth. My eyes were like shut. I was, just had to sit down for a while. It's always a big night when he comes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on. Kind of brings me to the next segment. So doing interviews and stuff like this, everything that we do is through Zoom. So virtual through our podcast. Uh, the NFL draft, one of the biggest industries, is doing a virtual – or the NFL is doing a virtual draft. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to pan out, if they're going to have – they haven't really given away a lot of details. If they're going to have like a studio – on set somewhere and they have Mel Kiper and McShay going at it or uh, what exactly is going to be taking place there, but people are worried about it being hacked and everything. Do you guys think it's a good idea to still have this draft now, a virtual draft, or do you think they should have waited? Chunk, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I think it's a good idea to have the draft still. It's, it's going to give us something to watch. That's not, it's something new. And uh, I don't think it'll get hacked. I'm sure they'll have great, you know, security and stuff over it. Um, to me, it's going to be awkward. And I feel bad for the kids that will get drafted because, like, their biggest thing they want is to walk across that stage and shake his hand. So it might be a little awkward, and I feel bad for the kids that have – or the, the people that get drafted this year. Yeah, I think it will be interesting. My biggest question is, are they just going to zoom into the homes of, like, these scouts? Are they together? Or what? You're going to see, like, Gruden and uh, Dave Gettleman and them at, like, their basement or whatever just sitting there like we are with a, whatever they're drinking and just drafting or what's going on? Are they showing guys? Are they showing players being drafted? Uh, Chase, have you read up on anything about this at all? Uh, one thing I saw is that there's going to be a like formal um, platform or some sort of video session. I think that they're supposed to call into to make their picks. And then besides that, they're going to have a conference call with all the GMs of each team. And then whoever is in charge of, the drafting, like the commissioner's office or whatever. Um, and if you have a technical issue calling into that formal uh, video session, you're just supposed to scream out your pick on the conference call. So I, I'm kind of wondering how that's going to work out and if people are going to start fucking with each other and just start screaming out names or if you're Yeah, if that'll get hacked into and you just start hearing random names all over the place. So that'll be kind of funny to see how that works out. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw an interesting fact today so you guys know what mr irrelevant is right the last pick of the draft yeah so it used to be in the 80s or something a former player came up with this idea to have mr irrelevant be like this whole big thing where they get these prizes and they get a parade down in newport beach in california and they get all this hype and stuff and they get like the low man trophy and so the heisman trophy and everything and the team and the team that drafted them gets publicity so it was in late 80s. I'm not sure exactly the year. I think it was like 86 or something. The Rams and the Steelers. So I think the Steelers had the second last pick and the Rams had the last pick. So they kept purposely missing their pick so the next team would be up. And they just kept doing it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So they would get this bigger branding and bigger deal made about their team or whatever, getting Mr. Irrelevant. So I forgot who the commissioner was at the time. I'm not sure if it was Roselle or something. Made a rule that you can't do that intentionally on the last pick for the mystery relevant. So I thought that was kind of crazy and kind of goofy why that's happened. There's a lot of draft nuggets I've seen lately, but to kind of talk about the Rams there, Hard Knocks recently came out with who they are going to be selecting for the series show on HBO <laughs> this, uh, late summer. And it looks like it's going to be both LA teams, the Chargers and the Rams, which personally I'm not a fan of because you don't really get to dissect one team. Usually by watching that, you can tell how that team's going to be. I remember I watched the Browns a couple of years. You could tell that they were going to kind of be problematic. They weren't sure what they were doing at quarterback. You had the Raiders last year. I didn't really watch all of it. Uh, they had some – they had Antonio Brown on there, but he wasn't really a big – Chase, did you watch the Raiders one last year? Yeah, I did. That one was pretty entertaining because you had Gruden on there. Yeah, so I'm not sure how they're going to do it with the two L.A. teams. Uh, you got McVay and – uh, why am I drawing a blank on the Chargers? Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. So it'll be interesting to see. I want to see what how McVay handles situation stuff. They made a lot of moves this offseason. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with their depth chart, running back and receiver. Uh, Chunk, are you a fan of this two-team approach on hard knocks? I, I, I am, actually. I think it'll be cool to see. Um, are they together? 
Are they going to be together at all, or? What do you mean? Uh, just like you know how teams have like a, a week practice with another team. Are they going to do that at all together? Or a lot of teams that are close in geographical reason <laughs> region. But yeah, so I I actually like it. We're going to be able to see more personalities. But uh, I am not a fan of listening to Sean McVay. I think that could be kind of annoying. But uh, they they missed it by a year. Man, I wish Philip Rivers was there. That would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, it's interesting to see their because they have the new stadium this year, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, so. It'll be interesting to see everything. I think the Rams are kind of problematic right now. They were supposed to start this huge dynasty and stuff, but they just paid too many players. I mean, they shipped out Brandon Cooks, got rid of Todd Gurley. Guys weren't performing. They missed the playoffs last year. So it'll be interesting to see what that locker room is like. The Chargers are kind of the Chargers. Uh, they lost Melvin Gordon, who was kind of a big part of that locker room. Phillip Rivers, obviously. So you'll see, you'll see a lot of camp battles and stuff with the Chargers, which is interesting to see always. But <laughs> – there's always feel good stories. <laughs> what was that? A tin of snooze. <laughs> <laughs> so there, it's always good to see those feel good stories come out of there too. But now we move on to quarterback prospects for the NFL draft. Chunk and I will kind of have some banter back and forth. Chase will mediate and give his two cents here. First guy that comes up is obviously Joe Burrow. I'll kind of give my two cents on Joe Burrow and what I think and who he can become, and then Chunk will give his, and we'll see. We defer. If we have any arguments, we have arguments. So uh, Joe Burrow, I think he's got a great uh, IQ, football IQ. His intangibles are off the charts, kind of like Deshaun Watson coming out of college. His intangibles, his football IQ, his decision-making, everything. Uh, he makes a lot of – he scans and makes the right reads. He's got great poise. He throws guys open, and he can even move out of the pocket when he needs to. But those are his strengths. His, his weaknesses, in my opinion, is he'll need a solid scheme fit with some a couple guys around him like they did at LSU. They had a stacked team. The receivers were stacked. Offensive line running back was good. Uh, it was one season, and then one question kind of is the arm strength is kind of a little below average. Uh, Joe Burrow reminds me kind of of – Tony Romo, kind of lack of arm strength to kind of move around. And he also reminds me of a little bit better uh, Jared Goff coming out of college where he's makes the right reads, great IQ and everything, doesn't have the strongest arm, but gets it there where it needs to be on time like that. So, Chunk, I'll let you talk about Joe Burrow and what you think his fit is and how you think he'll be, he'll be as a player in the NFL. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with everything that you said. Uh, he had the greatest college season ever. Um, Love the hype. But, uh, yeah, he's a pure throw of the ball. But And you said uh, his arm strength isn't the best, which is right. But he's so accurate that that doesn't matter. Um, he has great pocket presence, can move around, like you said. But, uh, yeah, as I was writing it down, I compared him to Tony Romo as well. So, yeah, yeah and he's a perfect size. Yeah, yeah. So he had 60 touchdowns, six interceptions, the best quarterback season I think I've seen in college football. Uh he did have a lot of talent around him. My my opinion, I don't I don't think he's going to be like a – I think he'll be a solid NFL starter. I think he'll make a few Pro Bowls, maybe a couple all-pro teams, but he won't be like that Hall of Famer. So I think he'll have a kind of a career similar to Romo. He'll have a long career. It kind of depends on how the Bengals, if the Bengals draft him, how they treat him, how they surround him with guys. A.J. Green will help. Having Jonah Williams next year at offensive tackle will help. Their offensive line – so banged up. Joe Mixon can help out of the uh, backfield. So it'll be kind of interesting. Chunk, what do you think? What do you foresee his future being in the NFL? Yeah, I, I agree once again. I think he'll make those Pro Bowls. Um, he'll be an All Pro a couple times, but I don't see him in the Hall of Fame. He's not that guy. Um, but yeah, I, I like the offense in Cincinnati. If they can cheer up that offensive line a little bit, I think they can make some noise on offense. They just need to get younger on defense, and uh, that Bengals can be back in a couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They could go after the next couple of years. They didn't really do much in free agency this year. But Joe Burrow, he kind of he's got that mentality, kind of like Tom Brady, just a win mentality. He's always been a winner, I guess, in high school and college. They've always talked about that. He was actually Mr. Basketball in Ohio. Did you know that, Chase? Yeah, I think there's some videos out there of him just lighting it up. Yeah. I could have a video of him dunking. White boy, white boy got hops. Which is kind of crazy because Ohio's got good basketball players, obviously LeBron, but I remember 
I think Luke Kennard is the all-time scorer in high school at Ohio. Yeah, he was insane. I think the sophomore through senior year, he averaged like 35-plus. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Joey Burrow, he's a stud. <laughs> Came from Ohio State. I kind of remember when he transferred and he played there last year. Just seen a couple games on CBS. It was, it was night and day from last year to this year. Last year, he seemed kind of nervous out there. Uh, he wasn't exactly that guy yet, but you knew that he was poised if he had a year under him that he could do some good things, and he definitely exceeded that. But, Chunk, you got any more takes on Joey Burrow there? No, I think uh, – well, one more thing, actually. Zach Taylor will help him. Good offensive mind. I think they'll gel. I th- I, that'll help him. Yeah, I, I do wish him the best. Uh, I think they should call him Exotic – or Joe Exotic, uh, Tiger King there. That would be kind of sick. That's probably the best thing you've said on, the, on all of our <laughs> It's pretty good. But next, uh, we have Tua Tung My Bang Hola. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alabama quarterback had 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. Chunk, I'll let you have the thunder on this one. What do you think of Tua as a prospect, comparisons, and how he can do in the future? I am not a Tua fan. Um, yeah, he's too soft. He's a poor man's Russell Wilson. Plays the ukulele. Guess. What'd you say? He plays the ukulele. Yeah. Fucking love pussy. He's a pussy for that. But, yeah, he's a poor man's Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's a good thrower of the football, as Ryan Leaf said. But he's undersized. He's made of glass. And to me, you need – I mean, obviously you need to stay healthy to succeed. But he's shown he can't do that. Um, so, I, I wouldn't trust him. You don't trust him at all? Oh, man. I think two is going to be a stud potentially have a better career than Burrow. Uh, his injury seems to be not really affecting him already, which is kind of crazy. You see guys that come out with these injuries and they kind of be studs or they, they could go either way, obviously. But Ryan Leaf didn't say that. Trent Dilfer did on his pro day. But he's a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, he doesn't throw very many interceptions at all. His arm talent, I think, is off the charts. It's better than, I think, most of the guys, I think all the guys that are left. Uh, but like you said, there's weaknesses that comes to him. He has injury. He's inconsistent when squaring his feet and throwing the ball. And sometimes he doesn't make the easy throw that's there. My, I kind of have a better comparison. I think he's more of a mobile Drew Brees, which is twitch, twitchiness. Uh, he always looks, scans the field. And then what's different than him than Drew Brees? Drew Brees will throw it out of bounds. He can run and make plays happen. So, I like to – I think he – I don't want to put words here, but I think he can be a potential future Hall of Famer. Could win. He's a great leader. He's a stud. Dude, I think he's a stud. So, Chunk, what do you not like about that? All right, you uh, you call me when his arthritis kicks in at 28 years old from this hip injury and he's out of the league already. So, All right, we'll, we'll save this tape because I think two is a stud. I know I got slack for that from Chase and Thorson last week, but – I like the kid. I think the only thing that can go against him is his injury. Other than that, it's kind of up to him, which is a pretty good thing to have, I guess. But next we'll move on to Oregon quarterback, Justin Herbert. He had 32 touchdowns, six picks last year. Was expect They thought he was going to come out his junior year to be – they thought he was going to come out and enter the draft his junior year and potentially be drafted by the Giants. He's, he elected to stay another year with Oregon. But he's got the size, 6'5". He does the little things right. Uh, his throwing motion, he's very good on play action. He sells everything to the defense. He'll look off safeties. Uh, he scans the field very well. But some of his weaknesses is that he's a little bit too mechanical and doesn't have that maestro in him, kind of like a Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson where they make crazy moves on the fly. So you don't really want to – you can't really expect that from him. But to my – Comparison to Justin Herbert is Ryan Tannehill. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He reminds me a lot of Tannehill. He potentially could be better than Tannehill, but I think that's kind of his ceiling. He's going to be a starter in the league for a couple of years. Uh, he's not going to be that – maybe he'll get a good contract once, but I don't think he'll be that guy that makes all pro teams and be kind of the stud of the league. Uh, Chunk, I'll turn it over to you. I think we disagree again here because, to me, he's my favorite guy in this draft. I think he can be – he's going to be something special in this league. He's got a good, strong arm. He's very mobile. Um, the one weakness that I was looking at um, is he's – he tends to stare at only one target. So that could lead to mistakes, obviously, in the NFL. It will. 
But uh, yeah, my comparisons, I can see him being a more mobile Peyton Manning. Yep, I just said that. Uh, but also his his downfall could be like a Joe Flacco, just but a little more mobile than Joe. Yeah, so um, Herbert, where do you think Herbert could go in the draft? I can see him anywhere from five to six or even down in the 20s. I don't know. It, it, it could vary. I think quarterbacks will go early. I could see Fromm or Eason potentially coming in the late first round. But I have Burrow, Tua, and the next guy we're talking about. I think Love is my number three quarterback, and then Herbert's my four. So what's your four rankings there? Uh, I like Herbert, Burrow, Tua, and then uh, I like Fromm and Eason over Love. Oh, shit. So we'll move on to Jordan Love. What's your take on him? He had 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions last year. So what do you think about Jordan Love as a prospect? Yeah, the the touchdown-interception ratio isn't great, but – he did. He had nothing around him at Utah State, um, playing with what a whole new offense or whatever it was. So that kind of, I mean, that hurts for him. But uh, if you watch his tape, he cannot throw to the outside. It, it's miserable. So that needs fixing. But he's a project. So you know, I can see him. You know, if he sits behind somebody, he could be like an Aaron Rodgers someday, or he can be a, a poor man's Mariota. Yeah, I do agree on a lot of stuff you said. But what kind of interests me is that unknown, that project that he can be. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Mahomes when he entered the draft. I thought that he would be a stud. He was very strong arm, uh, had all the intangibles, checkmarked, uh, wasn't around a great team, kind of like Love. But things I wrote down is that he's smooth. He has very good arm strength. Um, he tends to make the weaknesses are that he has long decision-making, so sometimes he'll take sacks and stuff. And then the interceptions are kind of a key problem and like you said he can't really throw outside the numbers so he reminds me kind of a lot of Andy Dalton I think he reminds me a lot of Andy Dalton so kind of bigger Andy Dalton great arm did not have a lot of talent around him Cincinnati he had green and guys like that but he also didn't really have the studs that Jordan Love kind of coming out of college did but I guess that's college ball so I think he can go First half of this first round, I see a lot of trades being made. I think this is going to be a kind of a crazy first round. Uh, but who knows how it can go with the virtual setting, with people like not being able to make as many trades and stuff, kind of being virtual and kind of being scared of doing that. So, Chunk, do you have any more notes you want to say about the draft quarterback prospects? It's exciting to see where these six guys will land. They really could go anywhere. Um, like typically you know – kind of where these quarterbacks are going to land, but we really don't know this year, which is exciting. If one of them's there at 30 for Green Bay, I'm not going to be mad if they take the chance, take a project guy like Jordan Love. Yeah, that's a thing That's a thing that they're saying. Packers uh, interviewed with Jordan Love. Uh, I remember when we took Rodgers, people thought it was early. I think this year personally that it could be early, that we could wait a year or two because Rodgers wants to play out his contract. But if Rodgers has kind of that degression that we've seen a lot of these quarterbacks, you saw with Eli, you saw with Peyton in his last few years. Um, it'll be kind of interesting. Phillip Rivers had that decline. But anyways, Chase, your time to shine here. Uh, we got our first ever draft segment. Explain us what the draft segment is and what our first topic is. Yeah, going along the theme of uh, draft talk, we're going to do uh... – a snake draft here between the three of us. Um, and the topic is best movie series. Oh, so I got a random number generator. Um, we'll sign numbers for the first pick. Uh, Cam, you can be one. Uh, Chunk, you'll be two. I'll be three. First pick goes to number two, Chunk. Second yeah. pick. So, uh, Cam, you can be one. I'll be two. Second pick goes to... Cam, I got the third pick. Great. So Chunk, Cam, and then me. Um, start with me, or start with Chunk. Go to me, I'll bring it back. Um, we're going to pick three movie series. Floor is yours, Chunk. Alrighty, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the great nine nine movie series of Star Wars. Cool. Oh, I knew that was going to be a hot one right off the – I knew that was going to be hot. What's your, what's, your, what's your analytics on that? Why is it number one? Well, to me, it's my favorite. I thought we were kind of basing it off what we'd want to sit down and watch. I've seen every movie. That's what, that's what we're doing, but I was just curious. All right, yeah, so I'm going with Star Wars. That's the movie I'll turn on every time it's on. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I was late to that train. I just, I recently just watched all nine of, I just finished uh, the ninth one and I, I'll tell you, I missed out for the, the first 20 years of my life, 22 years. What of my was life. your, uh, what's your favorite one, Chase? I, I really liked the second trilogy. So one through three, technically, I guess I like those the best. Um, all like the graphics and the, and the action and everything in the, in the, in the newest trilogy trilogy is, is super sick, but I think those, uh, second three are my favorites. I like it. I got number two pick here. All yours. I am going with the Batman Dark Knight series. Fuck. Those are my first two picks. Yeah. So, First of all, Heath Ledger and the Joker, best Joker hands down, best acting performance I've ever seen hands down, RIP. Uh, Christian Bale does a great job. I love the third one with Bane and not everything that – it's just a great great plot to it, a lot of good things happening. Um, you're kind of torn in it. It just brings you back. A lot of great action uh, movements going on, especially for its time in the mid to late 2000s there, but – yeah, The Dark Knight itself is, I think, one of the best movies I've ever seen. So that's my pick. Yeah, those are definitely my favorite uh, superhero movies for sure. Batman, Christian Bale Batman is unreal. And then the villains that they have in those movies are just sick. All right, so since you guys stripped me of my two babies, um, I think I just have to do this. Uh, I'm going to go with The Avengers. Um, I respect that. I respect that. that would win my second pick. Yeah. Super high grossing. Um, this this one was just for the culture, I guess. I wasn't super into the Avengers, but I got to go Avengers. Second, I'm going to go the Jason Bourne movies. God, those are those actually. Oh, you're missing out. You got a lot of time on your hands to watch those now. How many movies are there? Five, maybe. Have you actually seen all of them, or are you just saying Jason Bourne? I haven't seen the first one actually. Is that weird? <laughs> the only one I've seen is uh one I've seen and that one is really good. I'll give you that. Yeah, Born Identity was the first one. I've seen that. Is it just action? Is it like one thing I don't like about them is it's Matt Damon, um, Chunk Stoppelganger all throughout. <laughs> All throughout, and then the fourth movie is uh, Jeremy Renner. They just they just switched the actor, yeah. At a, at a really the same guy, he's still Jason Bourne. Yeah, he's still Jason Bourne. It's still super sick. Like it's it's a really good movie. Bourne Legacy is that one, but they just switched the actor mid mid series. I don't know about that. All right, Cam, you're up. Um, I actually restarted watching the series right now. I'm on the third movie, but. My second pick is the Harry Potter series. Ew. Chase doesn't like it. Trunk loves it. But just a lot of – it's interesting. You watch those kids develop and everything. You grow attached to characters. Uh, things happen. Characters die. Uh, the magic in it is crazy. The ideas behind some things are crazy. And it was pretty well put together for an early 2000s movie, I think, kind of ahead of its time. But the stories. And the books, I guess, are one of the most popular series out there. Shout out to J.K. Rowling. So, Harry Potter's my second one after The Dark Knight. Yeah, you stole my pick there. I mean, I think most of us, well, not most, some of us, their first uh, crush ever was Hermione Granger. Man, (laughs) I had a huge crush on her. I was Emma Watson. My God. Do you still? uh, And then she shaved her head. I don't get that. But, uh the sixth pick, I think I'm going to go with uh, the Hunger Games, that series. Um, big fan of Cadmus. She's pretty sick. PETA does a great job. Um, the, third, the third and fourth are kind of slow at the beginning, but the, the ending is great. But number one is fantastic. What a fight scene that was. And then, I, oh, shit, I'm up again. Um, any any thoughts on the Hunger Games? Any thoughts? Um. I saw the first one. I think I saw part of the second one. I, I liked the first one a lot. I liked the idea behind it, but I don't remember too much of the second. How many movies are there? Three? I th- three? Four? It's, it's three, but there's a part one and two, so however you want to take that. Oh, okay, yeah. I actually – that was something that I read the books to, and then as the movies came out, I saw each one in theaters. 
So that, those ones I actually really liked because of that, I think, that I was just there from the get-go. Um, yeah, good pick. Very, very good. Uh, number seven, I kind of want to do four rounds. I had a couple more, but I'll, I'll go with this one. Jurassic Park. All right. Oh, those were uh, insane. What an idea to create these dinosaurs. That is a great pick. John Hammond. What I've a never really seen the Jurassic World. I've never seen the Jurassic Parks. Jurassic Worlds are good, too. I, I do like the first three Jurassic Parks better. Well, number two is the Lost World, but the T-Rexes are sick. Gets me fu- kind of pumped up. I don't know why. Get pumped up watching T-Rexes. Just eat the shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, and raptors are so cool. So, yeah, that's my pick. Uh, Damn I'm it. Torn it was cool. What did you say? I'm torn here. Okay. Um. Maybe next time we should do four rounds because fuck, dude, I don't know. Let's do four. I got enough for four. All right, yeah. Shark, you want to do four? Yeah. All right, we're switching our draft. So, yeah, we'll we'll do four. Kind of a Mount Rushmore, basically, but draft. Ah, you said it. So. Get copyright. The third one, this takes way back. I love these movies, uh, is Back to the Future. I thought those were were a great series. Uh, Great job by Michael J. Fox. Currently has Lou Gehrig. Parkin- Parkinson. Parkinson. Um, great job by, is it, what's Doc's name? Is that Christopher Walken? <laughs> it's a universal remote control. That's Christopher, is that Christopher Walken? What the hell, what is Doc's name? Search Back to the Future cast. Dude is still alive. He's like 90. Doesn't Christopher Walken have Parkinson's? Um, no. Christopher what's, what's his name? Christopher Lloyd, Dr. Emmett. Christopher Lloyd, yeah. So, yeah. Back to the Future. I thought I, I loved those movies when I was little. Parents would always turn it on. The first first and second one are really good. First one, they go back in time, and uh, he's got a – I don't know. They actually get stuck back in time, and he meets his mom and dad when they're teenagers like him, and then – in the future, it's crazy. They go to 2015, and everything is, like, crazy. It's cool to think about what they thought 2015 would look like and how disappointing it is now. They thought they would have hoverboards and flying cars and stuff. But it was a cool idea. That's my uh, third pick. Chase, you're up. Um, all right, good pick. So I got two here. So we're doing four? Yep. Um. All right. For my third pick, Adrian, I'm going with the Rocky movies. Hey, oh, Adrian. <laughs> Those are great movies, uh, ones you can definitely get into. Because, I mean, a sporting movie, you always, like, get behind a character and you're, like, cheering for him. So those are movies you can, like, find yourself standing up and, like, cheering during the movie. I always love those movies. Um, great, great villains in those. Um, all right, my last pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Matrix. Those movies are absolutely sick. Uh, Keanu Reeves is a badass. Um, those are some of my favorite movies. I'm surprised I got to four with that one. Would you say the Matrix? Yeah. I've so I've seen part of the Rockies uh, movies, and I need to watch them more because I, I get really into boxing movies. It makes me want to go outside and start. Throwing old people on my back and running around everywhere, but so yeah, I want to I want to see more of those. I've seen the first couple, and then what was the last one? The Matrix. I think I saw the first one when I was really little, but I never really got into. Are they just mind fucks, or what are they? Yeah, they're absolute mind fucks. Blue pill, red pill. You know all that stuff. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of crazy. dabble around, end up to a party where people pee on each other. <laughs> Is that, is that by experience? Does that happen? Maybe. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. So my last pick, I uh, wasn't a fan of the original series, but this is kind of like a prequel. Uh, the Hobbit. I liked it a lot. Nice. Uh, Lord of the Rings, I don't remember it much, but I got really into The Hobbit for some reason. Um, people hate me and say Lord of the Rings is better. I know there's a big cult following for that, but I like The Hobbit. So... Chunk, take it away with uh, Mr. Relevant here. I have to say I hate the Hobbit series. So 
was not going to pick that, and I have not seen The Matrix um, at all. We so haven't even seen The Hobbit. Huh? You haven't even seen The Hobbit, and you're just going to say you hate it. The Lord of the Rings were so bad that I'm not even going to watch it. <laughs> I can't. Fucking little gremlins running around where the hell they are. I don't fucking know. But uh, I'm going to end it. I'm going to give an honorable mention to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Predator series. Oh, I thought you were going Terminator there. No. Nope. Nope. That's honorable mention. That was my honorable mention, but I'm going to end it. With pick number 12, uh, Michael Myers and the Halloween movies. Oh, oh, how did I not pick that? Fuck. Yeah. yeah the, the, my first horror movies growing up, I still, every time they're on, I'll watch it. Fuck me. Those they are, are so good. Yeah, dude, that's a staple for the hol- during around Halloween time, Halloween movies. Junk, have you seen the Rob Zombie ones? Yeah, dude. Um, those those actually still terrify me, and they're very gory, but very yeah. good movies. Those are good. I don't like how they did the whole like um, supernatural thing with them, where like his mom is like talking to him and his sister, and he's like a little kid talking to him and shit. But he is absolutely huge in that movie and just fucks everybody up. Yeah, massive. I will mention. I like the Conjuring's. Those were good. Those are good. Duh. Not a huge scary movie guy. I'm a guy that hides behind like a blanket or a pillow while they're going. But some other ones I see on here is like The Hangover, uh, Shrek, wow. Toy Story. Those are younger ones. Toy Story is good. Oh, I saw this tweet today. So there's Pirates of the Caribbean. Someone tweeted like, can anyone remember what the actual plot to the Pirates of the Caribbean is? <laughs> I remember seeing them, but when I was younger, I felt like it was just a whole vibe the whole time. I think watching those, there was no plot. I did. Just fucking Davy Jones or whatever the hell it was. I, I don't know. That's all I remember. Yeah, Sparrow. Johnny Depp off his freaking rocker just going nuts. He is so good in those, though. Apparently, uh, Johnny Depp is just a huge asshole. So I know these. His wife thing. His wife is a nut job. Yeah. But apparently, Johnny Depp's just like an asshole. Like, he'll just be late to when they have to shoot and stuff and will show up like drunk or high and just be just a complete dick. But that's like every big actor. There's so many. So many stories like that. Like Christian Bale, apparently, is a huge dick. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think that was our good first uh, draft. We'll have to bring that back for Fridays. Uh, we got to think of a new topic for next week because I think that will be kind of a hit. We'll post polls to see what people agree with. Uh, obviously, mine was the better one of this one, so we'll see what happens there. I think, honestly, though, I think Chunk won. Chunk? Hunger Games at two? We'll was tough, but that was my second pick. I had you guys shocked a couple times. All right. <laughs> but okay, so moving on to another cinematic feature. This Sunday will be airing the all awaited Last Dance, Michael Jordan, the 90s Bulls documentary. Uh, Chase, I know you've been looking forward to it. You kind of went up and did some research for me after uh, you kind of gave me a snarky answer. So. What's going on with this documentary? Yeah, fuck you. Um, I've been looking forward to this for a while. It was supposed to come out in June. Um, so Last Dance is about the 90s Bulls and kind of the whole the whole era around them. Um, all the behind-the-scenes footage of their of their run, um, the two three-peats, Jordan retiring, coming back, um, the whole shebang. Um, so since we didn't get to live through it, I think this is going to be awesome to kind of see what Jordan was like. Um, especially this raw uncut footage of him uh, and the team. Uh, He had a quote this week saying that once this airs, people are going to think he's a horrible person, um, just like his antics during practice and games and in the huddles and everything. So it'll be kind of, you hear the stories, but it'll be cool to actually see it. Um, Yeah. So it comes out this Sunday. Um, It's supposed to be released in June, but they pushed it up because of the pandemic. Um, It, one cool thing about it, I think it still isn't finished. I don't know if you guys knew that, but the whole thing, the last couple episodes aren't finished. They're working on it um, from their homes. Um, How many parts are there to this? So there's 10 episodes. They're each an hour. Uh, there's going to be two this Sunday. I think they're going to do it in like twos. Um, oh, it'll finish like week by week. Yeah. So it's, we'll get two episodes at a time every Sunday until it's finished. So um, yeah. For those listening, go out and watch the trailer for this. It's sick. Um, there's one that they have all the guests who are going to talk about it. They basically have anybody who is anybody in on this, uh, especially people from the 90s, of course, who lived through it. Um, just some of the guests they had on it were Obama, Clinton, uh, Kobe, 
Adam Silver, who's the commissioner now, Magic Johnson, Barkley, uh, the glove Gary Payton, Pat Riley, uh, and then even people like Justin Timberlake, um, Carmen Electra, who was married to Rodman, who was part of that second oh, yeah. the second stint there. Um, Nas, I thought was kind of a cool one. I guess he was like one of the biggest rappers in the 90s. Um, but it'll be cool just to see like random people like that, what they have to say about it. And then they have all uh, the big Bulls rivals on there, like Patrick Ewing, Isaiah Thomas, um, all those Pistons guys. Uh, so it'll be pretty cool. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. So make sure you go out and watch that. We're going to watch it this weekend or Monday so that we can kind of do a review on it as it kind of goes in time. So on Tuesday's episode, we'll have a review of The Last Dance as it airs on ESPN Sunday night at 8 p.m. I actually just saw it up on the TV. So uh, that will air and we will kind of give a review on it. So make sure you watch it and we'll have it at the end of the episode and we'll let you know when it plays in case you didn't watch it. So you don't get spoilers, but I mean, you basically know what happens besides what's in it. <laughs> so we move on to shout outs this time of the episode. Uh, I've got a few shout outs. Chunk's got a few shout outs and Chase got a shout out. So uh, my shout out goes out to, apparently she liked this tweet back when we first originally tweeted, but Jess Gartner and the 1128 girls, um, thanks for letting me puke and pee on your floor, I guess, last fall. So, <laughs> so Chase, you've got a shout out. Yeah. Shout out to our boy, Nick slash Andy Murray. Uh, Help me. <laughs> Help me. This is one of uh, Uncle Chuck's buddies from back home and he used to come to our, he's a, quite younger than us. He's come back to our apartment and just get absolutely fucked off Ryan Diaz and just scream his ass off. So shout out to you, Andy. Chuck? Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Drew Schrader's sister, Claire. Drew was a great guest on our show last time, but yeah, Claire, thank you for listening. Thank you for the shout out. Chris, Chris. (laughs) I'm sorry, I thought you were going there. But uh, second one would be uh, my former golf teammate, Chris Gravine. He was a senior when I was a freshman on the golf team. Great times with him. Still have great times whenever I see him. So thank you, Chris, for the listen. Yeah, so we appreciate all the love on social media and stuff as we've been doing pretty well with numbers. We've recently got some merch that was shipped to us. We'll be looking into things for that. So stay tuned to our social media. We just dropped on YouTube. We'll try to get these videos out on the YouTube channel so you can see our live face facial reactions when we talk about things, I guess, and look at how great I look. But anyways, boys, you got anything else to tap off the episode? Hope nope. everyone enjoys uh, National Horny Day. We are. Yes, yes. So thank you for listening, you guys, and have a great afternoon. Tua tongue my bunk hole. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day And you know the night is always gonna be there anyway You know but you're working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon delight Rubbing sticks and stones together make the sparks ignite And the thought of loving you is getting so exciting Sky rockets in flight Afternoon delight Afternoon delight Afternoon delight Starting out the morning feeling so polite I always thought a fish could be caught who wouldn't But you've got some bait waiting and I think I might try Nibbling it on afternoon delight Skyrockets in flight Afternoon delight Afternoon delight Afternoon delight delight. 
Please be waiting for me, baby, when I come around. We could make a lot of loving for the sun goes down. Gonna be working up my appetite. Looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Rubbing sticks and stones together makes the sparks ignite. And the thought of loving you is getting so exciting. Sky rockets in flight. Afternoon delight. You guys have it, I think. Uh, afternoon, day. Day. afternoon delight. Afternoon delight.